Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auctions, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers. On the first half of this week's show, are you bored with your current rodent-free wine? Well, why haven't you tried Baby My Swine? <laughs> During the second half of our show, we will meet wine enthusiast and veteran wine insider Alex Badgley. That, another surprise wine tasting, your phone calls, and more on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers. But first the news. Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the Wine Fellers News. You say that drinking wine with my dinner is wicked, disrespectful, and immoral? Great! Now you can watch me drink wine with my dinner. The American Academy of Pediatrics urges women who are pregnant to give up drinking entirely? It sounds like it's time to switch academies. This, an unexpected eye-opening story from yours truly on the news. All right, Mark, what have we got? Hiya, Joe. How you doing today? Oh my goodness, it's it's a, it's Monday, and I'm glad to be here with you. Let's just say that. Well, it wouldn't be a wine show if we didn't start off saying that uh, our thoughts were with France and Paris, with the terrible events that happened there. There's so much good wine that comes out of France, but there's a lot of good people that come out of France too, and we're uh, really saddened by what has happened. That's right, Mark. And. Uh, this first story I actually uh, wrote about France uh, before uh, events even occurred, and uh, it's, it's sort of become more of a philosophical story uh, now that uh, we find ourselves here. So I, here, I'm intrigued, Mark. Well, here's the story. French officials reported that a planned state dinner with Iran last weekend was canceled due to a dispute over the menu. Mm -hmm. According to France's RTL radio, 
The Iranians insisted on a wine-free meal with their halal meat, a request which was based on Islamic codes. Unfortunately, it turned out that Iran's request amounted to culinary and high-minded sacrilege to the citizens of France. Sure. After days of negotiation, the French, at last resort, offered Iran a state breakfast instead of a state dinner because, presumably, no alcohol would be served. (laughs) Have they learned that you can drink alcohol at breakfast as well? Well, regrettably, (laughs) the Iranians rejected France's offer because the two nations meeting over breakfast appeared too cheap. Oh. This 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 story is what saddens me about the world, Joe. How so, Mark? We... How are two nations going to come together? How do any nations come together if we can't even work out how to eat dinner together? <laughs> well, how is anything uh, between you know folks who may not get along the the best? How, how is what is to lubricate that conversation other than alcohol? Well, that's true. I think yes. I think kind of eases the mood and everyone becomes happier and. Uh, I mean, you can see it different ways, like how they could conduct the meal. I mean, I can see it from both perspectives. Um, On one sense, I get France's view that uh, they drink wine with every meal, and why should someone else tell them what they can and can't do? It's a a personal choice. It's a cultural, it's it's an established cultural uh, act. But on the other hand, being respectful to the Iranians who don't drink wine, you could see why it wouldn't be a huge deal to abstain from wine for one evening. Yes. However, two things come to mind here. First, we we talked last week as we approached the, the Thanksgiving holidays about uh, <laughs> the Thanksgiving meal. Yeah. Right. As as it goes down. Yeah. In our in our homes. That's right. And how one of the most important things is is not the food. But the, but the alcohol. Well, right. Nothing, yes. I mean, you don't, <laughs> you're absolutely right. You don't have any good conversations uh, at a Thanksgiving dinner unless you've been drinking a little bit. And, except you get to that point when you drink too much and then things, you're sort of back to square one. Maybe. Well, sure. But, but it does help different folks come together who may have differing opinions and points of view and at least spend a few hours where, where no one kills each other. Yes. And so I tend to come down on France's side a little bit more, I think, on this one, because I think a wine-free halal meal in France would be like having Gordon Ramsay cook Totino's pizza rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sure. Yeah. Look, it's their specialty. Yeah. Okay. I mean... If Iran ever came to United States for a state dinner, does that mean we couldn't serve our customary bush light? I mean- <laughs> you know, the the thing is, Mark, that I think alcohol actually serves, in this case, a greater purpose. Yes. And I, I'm, I think it's unfortunate that at least the French couldn't enjoy it at the dinner. I mean, couldn't couldn't the the Iranian uh, uh, entourage uh, uh-huh. couldn't they just uh, say, "Look, uh, no yeah, thanks. you guys have it. We're yeah. not going to partake." And it's like when when we have folks over to our house who have particular dietary needs. Uh, yeah. I always, you know, we try our best yes. to provide for them and make them feel welcomed and comfortable. But everyone who comes doesn't have to abide by their particular 
choice, uh, dietary uh, sure, needs. Sure, but the other side of the coin, I mean, you, well, let me put it this way. I uh, had a French national person that I know come to my house uh, last week. Uh-huh. We served, uh, 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 it was for breakfast, we served Burger King Chris sandwiches, and they did not, uh, they did not partake, even though it was a croissant, and that's, I mean, so you just never know. Uh, well, yeah, obviously, Mark, because uh, croissant is a Fr- is, comes from the French word, then yes, they must eat a croissant sandwich. <laughs> but is, it a, is it a, is, is, is it a croissant witch, or is it a? Croissandwich is a croissant witch. <laughs> That's great. I mean, look. I hope we can come together. I hope we can get a little alcohol uh, into every meeting room and diplomatic event. Maybe it'll just make the world a better place. What's next? Mark? Excellent thought, Joe. Our second story here: the American Academy of Pediatrics has a firm stance on alcohol, urging pregnant women to give up drinking entirely. And this includes no exceptions for slow-sipped glasses of wine, occasional nips of scotch, celebratory (laughs) champagne, or even once-in-a-blue-moon beer bongs. All of it? All of it. Ah. Despite the Academy of Pediatrics stance, there actually is no such consensus about the effects of occasional alcohol consumption. In fact, several recent studies have concluded that casual drinking is largely benign. So, Mark... A, a, I, uh, I wouldn't, well, we can't call them a scientific group because they're espousing points of view that are not based in scientific peer-reviewed literature. I, I, you have a point. I, you're, they're taking a view that is kind of this utilitarian view that what is going to do the greatest good for the most people. Right. So just so I'm clear here, before I get too excited, mm-hmm. <clears throat> they, it's a zero tolerance policy or recommendation zero none none at all uh, the now look i'm gonna s- just say one thing here okay whenever i hear zero that's right when it comes to measurements of molecules yes i uh, you know my eyes roll mark sounds like an ideological ideological uh position as opposed to a scientific position when you say zero or all that's yes right. absolutely and so i see what they're trying to do mark well they don't want children to uh, suffer the f- effects of fetal alcohol syndrome, which is, which is admirable. I mean, it's not they're, that they're out there trying to make the world a worse place. No, no. <laughs> they're trying to make... But there's a lot of benefits from uh, regarding pregnancy and alcohol consumption. I mean, there, it reduces uh, stress relief. Yes. It uh, tastes good. It's uh, social. It... Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, the list just goes on I could go on, but you And on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I understand. Now... <clears throat> the science, yes. peer-reviewed scientific literature, right, came out and showed, which I think we could find some mark I that so. that small amounts of wine and uh, any type of alcohol, really, that's right, uh, actually helps pregnancy. Well, here's the crazy thing: most people don't realize that fresh orange juice contains about zero point five percent alcohol. Oh, so what, what are they saying? No orange juice they for pregnant mothers? They don't say no orange juice. That's the thing. See, I think, uh, as I said earlier, it is time to switch a cast. And who are, that, that brings me to another point. Let's form the Weinfellers Academy of the Sciences. That's right. Drinking, pregnancy, moderation group of America. <laughs> and uh, boy, we're going to get in trouble with this. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. This is going to be a problem. But they, they've come up with some fancy-sounding name, and I don't even know who gave it to them. 
Well, I'm sure they gave it to themselves. I mean, they actually are a notable group. Um, I don't think they invented the uh, the name <laughs> just just to uh, so they can say whatever they want with, a, with, their, with their microphone. Well, and look, it is important to note that their name is the American Academy of Pediatrics. Well, that's right. So how does the European Academy of Pediatrics weigh in on this? They're concerned about uh, pregnant women drinking too little. <laughs> it sounds like somewhere between the two of, of those, we could find some, some middle ground. I agree, Joe. And now I am so excited because the first time in Winefeller's <laughs> history, you have a story. And I can't wait. All right, thanks. And I know that, that our listeners are going to, to be with me on this one. Okay. So every week, uh, I love it. Uh, I love going over these news articles that you bring in. You've got the wine tasting, which is turning uh, more in we can get Joe to eat segment and drink. <laughs> yeah. So, and I've happily done that. And then, you know, well, we've had some good good wine and, and, uh, and food uh, paired with that. So it's been nice. And, of course, every part of the Winefeller show is fantastic. But I am excited today because right before me on my screen, I... Yes. Feller Joe. Yes. Have found, I think, an article that I can bring to you. Let's hear it. It is by the Wired magazine. I've heard of those guys. Okay, good. Now, as you know, I'm more in the tech wine field. Yes. Coming up with the wine price site, truebottle.com. That's right. And so I like to read these more tech-oriented websites. That's so right. when I saw the five wine tasting essentials for your next gathering come up on my wired feed i knew i had something yes now i want to preface this by saying this article shows everything that's wrong uh -oh. with wine in the united states today well i'll see about this okay <laughs> all right well let's let's get to it all right i we are here on the radio trying to make wine more accessible and approachable that's right and this article is doing the exact opposite well uh you'll have to tell me what's what what is it telling us all right when i see the title the five things you need yes to drink wine at your next gathering that's right I think, well, I'd need some cups and some wine. We call them glasses. Ah, very nice. Or some people even call them stemware. Yeah. <laughs> but mainly I'm thinking wine. Yes. I need wine at right. my wine tasting. That's right. You know, what, a get-together, have some, pour some wine and some glasses and, and right. drink. Mm -hmm. No, that's not good enough, Mark. <clears throat> First item, number yes. one on their list, and they have five things here. First on their list, you're exactly right, some Zalto Bordeaux glasses. And mm. guess what? You can get six of them for only $366. And they're recommending this. Yeah, well, you, you probably get a little less than that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why don't you just use the glasses you have? This is so pretentious. Three, over 350 bucks. Presumably, you're going to want to know, you're going to want to like how your wine tastes, right? How does the glass affect that? Joe, I can go on and on about how the uh, glass, or especially hand-blown glasses, would affect your ability to drink wine and enjoy wine better than other glasses. I could go on about it. Well, look, I think we have our next main segment for next week, actually. We can, because I you know, I don't choose to go on about it now, because, you know, we just have a lot to get to, but <laughs> there, there, there is, uh, there are reasons, um, and, uh, and one is, um, well, you obviously have never 
consumed any beverage out of a hand blown, <laughs> a hand blown hand blown glass. No. Yes. Right. All right. Well. All right. Look, number two. All right. We're gonna get to that, but I'm I'm saying already shenanigans. Okay. All right. Number two. Yes. A Cliff Spencer rift cut white oak ice bucket. $250. That's actually a bargain. <laughs> okay, again, I'm right now, I'm basically You're not going to put your wine I'm in six, a paint bucket, I'm are six you? to $700 in and I don't even have wine yet. You okay? You're not going to want your wine to chill in a paint bucket. You you want you want the top of the line <laughs> bucket to put your wine in cuz so you want your expensive wine to taste better. All right. Third. Yes. Coravin Model 2. Now, for those of you who don't know immediately what that is, yeah. it is a device. Right. It's, I mean, I can't even read this here. It's essentially a corkscrew for $330. Oh, no, no, no. So these are this, this actually is a really good item. What this is is that it is it involves a really thin needle that you stick through the cork of your wine. Okay. And that way you can drink just a little bit of your wine and then... Take the uh, take the needle out, and that way the wine is almost perfectly preserved. And if you're ex- drinking a really bottle of wine, and you don't want to drink the whole thing in one night. This way, you can drink that wine over days, or and and and, uh, and it's like new. No, Mark, this goes against everything that we're trying to do. We are not here to tell people to surgically remove so many so many millimeters of wine to consume from their bottle. Uh huh. Per serving, open the bottle and enjoy the wine, Mark. Well, I think this might be another situation we can agree to disagree. Um, that you know, if you're opening up a hundred dollar bottle of wine and you don't want to drink the whole thing, hey man, I hear you. All right, okay. number four and five, smaller items. Okay, which sound just as ridiculous. All right, now look, I get it, man. Maybe <clears throat> you are enjoying a $10,000 bottle of Romani Conti. Yes. Okay, and sure, it's probably worth all of these things to make sure you enjoy it the best you can. And then some. And then some. All right, so if you were enjoying that $10,000 bottle, you would want what's on number four, which is a menu wine thermometer, which you strap around the bottle, and it tells you the temperature of the contents inside. Well, how else are you going to know the temperature of the contents inside, Joe? Uh, Yeah, you're going to need to know, I imagine... I mean, because if you've spent $10,000 on this bottle, you want it to be at the right temperature right. for flavor and consistency. I get it. Sure. I mean, you could use, sure, you could use, rely on the temperature gauge of the uh, temperature thing that you have in your wine cellar. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's fairly imperfect. You don't want to know what your specific bottle is that you're drinking. You want to know that temperature. And I think that that's a really good do it. And uh, I wouldn't drink a, a wine without it. Yeah, right. That's only 30 bucks. Okay, so okay. we're moving on to number five. Yes. Final item on their list. A Wine Folly Advanced Food and Wine Pairing Poster. That's right. Explain this one, Mark. Well, so it's a poster that has, it's, it, when you the poster is unrolled, it has more than 300 pairings, and, and it's a chart that walks you through, you know, wine and food and what to serve with what. And uh, I think it's great. You know, many times I've showed up, showed up to people's houses and they'll, be serving wine with food, and I'll unroll my poster and tell them what they're doing wrong. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this is now. Look, I do want to move off of this because I I don't want to give it any more airtime as more than we have already because I think it basically uh, <clears throat> puts 
wine and the enjoyment of wine in the minds of the readers out of their reach. Yeah, you do have a point. I mean, that's that's sometimes the ridiculousness of, of wine, enjoying wine, that uh, there's a lot of uh, this uh, craziness that goes with it. And if people could just open up a bottle, enjoy it, and uh, that's all. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Well, Mark, thank you so much for letting me bring that up today. I know uh, that uh, I don't often get to do that, but I sure do appreciate it. Well, you did a great job. <laughs> and that's the news for this week. Find us online at thewinefellers.com and continue the discussion of these groundbreaking stories. This has been another exciting report from the Wine Fellers News Desk. On this week's main story, you know we love our wine, a mostly predictable drink. But what happens when your wine fellers, Mark and Joe, delve into the wild and wacky world of the most insane alcoholic drinks that are currently being made around the world today? Let's find out right here on the wine fellers main story. Mark, my goodness, it seems like forever since we've talked. How you doing? It does seem like forever. Uh, Joe, before I get to the main story, I just want to announce to our listeners that later we're going to be holding a call-in segment. If you'd like to talk with the Weinfellers personally, one-on-one, hey, call WHUP at 919-296-1169, and uh, we'll be glad to talk to you. We'll we get you on the air. We won't be able to get to everybody, but we'd love to talk to you. That's right, Mark. Cool, man. All right, I'm excited about that. Me too. So for our main story, we're going to discuss an important topic. The most insane drinks containing alcohol that are currently available and being made today. (laughs) Hey, sometimes you just got to branch out from wine every now and then, Mark. Well, there's some wine items here, too. And mind you, these all these drinks are real. I did not invent any of these. All right. So let me repeat that by asking a question. Yes. So what you're saying is every single drink that you're about to tell me is real. It's It's a real drink someone has come up with, invented, and tried and reviewed, and and it it exists in the world. And it's being served somewhere as well. Oh, my goodness. These are all Google-able. Google-able. Very very well. All right, well, I've seen some strange ones, you know, drinks that are on fire, drinks that explode, drinks that have liquid nitrogen. So I'm all ears, man. We should care about this topic very much because without bizarre wines and cocktails, life, Joe, would simply not be worth living. How did I not know that you were going to say that, Mark? Well, here's our first drink. It's a wine. So we are the wine fellers. And it's called, this is real, Baby Mice Wine. No, 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 no. Yes, it is. Okay, wait. <laughs> leave that in the cooler, Mark. Oh, well. Just leave that in the cooler. Are you serious? Well, it, this is called Baby Mice Wine. This Dude, tra- I can't do this anymore. Oh, well, I'm not giving you Baby Mice Wine. I couldn't find any of those. Oh, but tra- God. Tra- tra- this is traditional. I saw you reaching into the cooler no, down no. there. Oh, Mark, I mean, I did the, the wine and the cereal. That's right. I ate the tofu dog. I just. I just have to draw them somewhere. Traditionally, this is a health tonic in some Chinese and Korean cultures. Uh, Baby mice are taken shortly after birth and dropped alive into a jug of rice wine and left to ferment. That's horrible, Mark. Well, after you drink the wine, the mice are, of course, eaten. 
Oh. So this is real. This is a real wine that's served. Yeah, but I've never had it. I feel it. like we did. We told our our listeners that it was real, but I don't think we really truly uh, <laughs> prepared them for what was about to come over the airwaves. Well, so that's you know, I'm willing to be adventurous. That's probably one I'm not willing to do. I wonder if the wine kills whatever germs are there in the. Well, well, you mean like sterilizes the the dead the dead little mouse? Yeah. Well, look, you know, maybe. tequila. They put the worm in the bottle. Right. What's the difference? What's the difference? It's just <laughs> larva, a... mammal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this is a real thing. Well, thank goodness. All right, it's a real thing, but it's not in the studio, right? Not in the studio. Okay. All right. The second one is something called snake bile wine. Oh. <laughs> All you need here. Easy. Uh, you keep reaching for that cooler. No, this is not here, too. Okay. <laughs> All you need is a cobra. So you, you, you cut the snake open, remove the gallbladder, oh. and extract the bile. Now you mix it with rice wine, and you've just harnessed, harnessed the power <laughs> of a cobra. Uh, Mark, these are true and real wines. These are real wines. And this one is Cobra Bile yes. in the wine. It's I think it's supposed to uh, – kind of a customary drink that people – you know, if people believe they drink or eat certain parts of certain animals, it give them, gives them the strength of that animal. You've heard of this. Yes, I have. I think that's what's probably going on here. So – I wonder if it has anything to do with improving the taste of the wine or if they're like, this is horrible, but thank goodness, later I will have the power of a cobra. Watch me run. (laughs) (laughs) But you've heard nothing, Joe, because Uh, the next one, okay, real drink, yes, Gilpin Family Whiskey. This is now a whiskey. Hey, that sounds okay. It does. Good. Did you bring some of this? Well, no. Uh, okay. Maybe let me know after I tell you what it is if you uh, wanted me to bring it in. This concoction is the artistic statement of James Gilpin, and you can't buy it in stores. Uh, Gilpin takes the urine of two elderly diabetic oh, patients come. daily. Oh no! Extracts the high sugar content, then uses the sugar in the fermentation of whiskey production. Mark. <laughs> 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 it's real. I'm glad you do not have any of this whiskey with you right now. Yes. And so here is the... Wait, just stop for a minute. What? Just stop. This man sneaks into hospitals at night and 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 takes out organic fluids from these patients? Well, I'm sure he has their permission, Joe. He's not oh, crazy. Oh, my gosh. Is it labeled like biohazard? Wait. He, <laughs> well, he said. He said he's not selling it. Well, no, but people do drink it. I mean, that's he, he insane. Makes, I mean, I don't know if he gives it away as Christmas gifts. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, uh, you've been oh, a really good friend this year. Thank you for the stocking stuffer. <laughs> Next, I'll get on to some of the ones you have. Well, here, here's Mark. the best thing about this, Joe, is because later in the show we will be having a surprise wine and cocktail segment. I will have actually made three drinks from the compiled list. No, but none of those, right? I haven't mentioned any of these drinks yet. Oh, thank goodness. These will be new to you, but they were on this list that I... uh, that I extracted these, okay, all right. these wines and cocktails. So, so, uh, so some wanna, drinks. None of the ones we just none spoke we, about, thank they, goodness. But they are here. But they're on you your list. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Excellent, Joe. 
You're listening to The Wine Fellers on WHUP. Check us out at thewinefellers.com. But now, my favorite segment of the week. Your good fellers, Mark and Joe, explore the exciting world of tasting and pairing wine. And remember, we're always on the lookout for suggestions from you. So let's pop the cork right now on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers. I do. Okay, Mark, it's time for the pairing segment of the week. And in my jingle, introducing it, I say uh, it is my favorite segment of the week. You do. Now, uh, you have uh, typically we are popping the cork to uh, you know establish the beginning of this uh, uh, segment. Yeah. But you popped the lid on your cooler. Uh, and you're, you actually removed some things from it. And the smell is quite overwhelming. The smell is overwhelming. <laughs> but I think it's because we have three of the drinks here. And if we just had one of them, oh. it would probably smell good. Now, uh, I have made, actually made, no. three drinks from the compiled list. <laughs> um, these are bizarre yet real drinks. These drinks, uh, I have not mentioned them, but th- on this list, I did not invent any of these drinks. These are real drinks. Real drinks. And uh, I should take pictures of, the, of every drink because... Uh, you know, if you go on the Weinfeller's uh, uh, website, we should be able to you know, show you what this drink looks right, like. Take a nice really picture it. over there. We've had some people write in and tell us that they don't believe that we are actually trying these things that we're telling you we're trying. That's and I, right. I'm here to tell you, man, we, we do try them. Well, try this one. Here's your first drink, and describe to the listeners what it looks like. Right, this looks like a, uh, oh boy, Mark. Let me just get a smell here. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, this looks like. Oh, cur- I think I gave you the wrong one. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> here. Did you drink it yet? Nope. Okay. I have not tried it. Here you go. Drink that one. This, Mark. I, Dude, I cannot drink this. Yes, you can. This is a real drink. It's a real drink. you tried any of these? No, of course not. Okay. No, All right. Let me, let me. Just- let me uh, I'll have to uh, focus in on you there. And so you are. Uh, those right. at home can uh, yeah. Now you go online to the wine fellers. You can see what I'm actually drinking right now. It looks like curdled uh, milk, or maybe a, the intestines from a small bird, well, floating it- on the surface of underneath what appears to be some sort of coffee cream drink. Give it a try. Oh, it doesn't smell that bad. You'll. Re- I think you'll recognize the taste. I'm really curious if you're going to get part of it. <laughs> wait, wait. There's something you should recognize. Okay. Yeah, there's Jägermeister in there, and that yes. is probably the only thing that's saving this drink right now. You got it. There's Jägermeister. But in there. what you is all and all this stuff floating on the surface? Is that just like is that is that curdled egg? You, I can't believe you figured the part of it out. Well, anyways, I'll tell you what it is. This drink is Woo! this drink. I'm very impressed, Joe. This drink is called a smoker's cough. and it is jägermeister and mayonnaise oh my lord it's amazing and you normally don't say this about a a drink that you have but i could i couldn't taste the mayonnaise (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, let me try it. <clears throat> oh, he's drinking it, guys. Oh, that's hold it in, Mark. Horrible. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh man, that's just. I mean, it really is. I'm not totally against that yet, Mark. Okay. No, now, hey, that's your what? drink at the end. Well, of the show. you know, we have, we've got a big thing around here in North Carolina. You need to tell me which kind of mayonnaise you used in the drink. Was that, it Hellman's or was it Duke's? Food Lion. Oh, uh, well, that's the problem right there, Mark. Oh, I didn't use the top notch. We need to mayonnaise. use Duke's mayonnaise. Uh, and I bet that drink would be top notch. Well, we're on limited budget. So. <laughs> 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 was that even Jägermeister or was there some generic I you think know, Jägermeister is cough generic syrup? For I don't even know. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next drink here. This is the one that I was looking at earlier. And my goodness, I know this contains a list of surprises. That's right. It, uh, it looks like maybe a lemonade drink. But it does look a little milky, and it has bits of some seasoning, maybe some cracked black pepper, and I'm sure I see an egg at the bottom of this, or pieces of egg. <laughs> oh, my Lord, you just brought out another one? You, uh, This is, all right, <clears throat> you did say three. I said three. And this is number two. Okay, give it a try. Uh, get out your camera, Mark, so we can- I uh, took a picture. All right, good. Okay, Hmm. Actually, Mark, this is really good. Okay, it's like try. vodka with cracked black pepper in it. So, yeah, but I don't know what so that you, other you, bizarre thing no, is. No, but you've you've actually uh, identified, mm. Joe. You're um, you impressed me. You've <clears throat> actually identified a lot of the ingredients here. Um, That's very good. Let me try it. It's not bad, Mark. You're going to enjoy it. I like it. Yeah. But, I really like it. But what's what else besides vodka and cracked black pepper is in that? So drink? it's not vodka; it's gin. Oh but, yeah, yeah, know. yeah. Good. All right. But um, it's so I do like gin a lot, and it's it's called a prairie chicken. That's the name of the drink. A prairie chicken. A prairie chicken. It's gin. Okay. What did I just drink? <laughs> One raw egg yolk <laughs> and salt and pepper. Mark. I'm going to have one every Sunday when I it, get up. It really isn't that bad. I, I mean, like I, that. It's um. I like it. Now it's you serve it cold. Uh, yeah, I don't I think, think so. Want, right? I don't think you want to uh, put the egg yolk at uh, room temperature. I mean, these are all cold. Yeah. Uh, drinks so far, and Mark, that's a delicious drink. Save that one. Okay, consider it saved. All right, what's next? This looks like a. <laughs> this looks like a slow. <laughs> I saved the best for last. Oh boy! Of course. Now uh, this looks like, um, like a. Like if maybe I drank too much hot chocolate and marshmallows and got sick, Mark. Uh, I mean, this looks yeah. disgusting. It, there is a, yes, it doesn't look like something. All right, so drink. guys, this is a There's reddish like, brown um, liquid with kind of like maybe four or five different types of chunks in yeah, it. It's different right? chunks. I mean, there are definitely small chunks yeah. all the way up in sizes, in four sizes, up to large. Well, I tried to mix them up, so... All right, now, if, I'm wondering if this is more mayonnaise, because it kind of looks like that other one. I'm not going to smell it, or I'm not going to be able to drink it, so here we go, Mark. Have you got a picture for the website? I got a picture. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, which, okay, I'll try it. That's not bad. That's actually some crazy variant on a Bloody Mary. Mm, mm, no? no? No, no, I don't like it. No? <laughs> I think it's good. Ooh, I don't feel good. Right? My guess is, man, my stomach is feeling <laughs> I don't think you were meant to drink all three of these in one sitting. Probably not. All right, tell me, what 
what did I just drink? This is called an infected white head shot. Don't say that, <laughs> Mark. The name of the drink. <laughs> it is vodka, <sighs> Bloody Mary mix, and a spoonful of cottage cheese. You know, somehow it's easier to stomach <laughs> knowing what's in it. Yeah. I, when I said the name, that that's a little it, that's a little scary. The name's yeah. a little scary. Uh, I'm down with that, man. I, I can do that one again. But I really like, you know, as we always do on every pairing segment, I give the Joe Feller recommendation of the week. Yes. Tell us the name of that delicious one in the middle there, Mark. I have to agree. It was really good. The prayer chicken, which is gin, raw egg yolk, and salt and pepper. Fantastic. We are excited trying this new phone segment for the first time, and we do have someone on with us. I was uh, thinking, uh, thinking they're on the line. Yes, uh, let's see who we have here. Looks like our producer says it's uh, his name is Lance Dasher. Lance, is uh, are you on the air? Yeah, hey, this is Lance. Not sure if your screener got that. Hey, hey. how are y'all? Oh, oh, good, Lance. Good. Oh, thanks for uh, calling in tonight. We're having a great show, and uh, yeah, thank you. So tell us uh, what's on your mind. Well, before I start, yes, I've been enjoying y'all show a lot, and uh, y'all are pretty funny. But uh, I actually have a question. Um, I'm going to be making ribs, and I did not know what type of wine. Uh, I mean, it's for the wife, and she doesn't want any of that fruity stuff. But what? I don't even know if it's red or white or. Um, Dude. Oh, and one more. I guess I should mention it's um. I do uh, beef ribs. I usually don't eat the pork ones, but so I don't know if that makes a difference. But uh, what kind of wine we go with the beef ribs? Yeah, so uh, that's a great question because I love ribs, and uh, my feller Joe he loves ribs. Oh, they're delicious! So when someone says they want to drink wine with ribs, I ask them one important question. I say, "Are you having a dry rub?" Or uh, whatever the other kind of rub is. <laughs> <laughs> so are you dry rubbing yes. these uh, <laughs> these ribs here? Yes. Yes. All right, Mark, What's the, what have you got? All right, so with dry rub ribs, I, it can be a little spicy sometimes, and, uh, and it's a, I would drink a different wine than I would with a, with a kind of a ketchup-y kind of uh, sauce on it. 
or tomato sauce. No, I would not I, in North Carolina. No, yeah, 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 that's yeah. right. I'm with you. Uh, so we, so what I would do is I would uh, drink it with red Zinfandel. That's what I drink my dry, uh, dry rub ribs with. Well, who doesn't, Mark? And they come in all different pr- price ranges, from expensive ones uh, called Turley to inexpensive ones. Uh, that there are many, many varieties, but that's an excellent question. It makes me want to eat ribs tonight. But 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 my question, Mark, uh, is is to Lance. Um, so when is this party you're throwing? Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow, so I gotta get them. I, I like to get them already a day in advance. And, and, oh, and yeah. the trick is, do you, you know, people always make the mistake. You should cook it at a room temperature. You don't want to just pull it out of the fridge and, and fire up the grill. You, you gotta let them sit for a while. And this guy and knows. Kind of, yep. You've yep. done you've done this before, All my right. friend. Thank now you, I know Lance. What wine to serve. Hey, look, look, do us a favor and uh, take uh, some pictures and send them our way to the wine fellers. Uh, thank you so much for calling today. Your phone is ringing. You've been on the phone with us. You've talking on the phone with us. Everything we said was real. Right here on the wine fellas. So I was just on the wine fellas. Are you serious? You've been talking on the phone with us. Everything we said was Welcome back to the Winefellers. Alex Badgley's passion for wine started way back in 1993 when he worked for a large specialty grocery store in East Lansing, Michigan. It was here where Alex was taught how to taste, appreciate, and sell wine from a veteran wine steward who had been in the business for 40 years. In 2011, Alex had been working in the printing business when he was suddenly afforded the opportunity to sell wine again. It was during this time that Alex taught wine classes and expanded his knowledge of the ever-expanding wine trade. It was also during this time that Alex's interest in vintage wines developed. He began to establish his own wine collection as well as purchase many bottles at auction. Although Alex is currently a production manager for a local printing company, Fine wine has never been too far off of his mind. Alex, welcome to the Winefellers. Thank you for having me. Alex, uh, I'm so happy to have you on. We've been trying to have him, uh, Alex, on the show since we've, uh, we started. Um, I've known Alex for a long time uh, through the wine business, and, uh, and, and he uh, is a regular attender of wine auctions, and he appreciates fine wine. He knows what he likes, and uh, he has a lot of knowledge to impart to other people. And on top of that, he used to be in the wine trade as on far uh, as the retail side of the wine trade, and he can give us some really interesting perspectives that you might not get otherwise. You might walk into a wine store and kind of not know what's happening on the side of the curtain there, and and this is why I'm one of the reasons why I'm really excited to have you on. Oh, thank you. Um, let me clarify something. Yes, oh, glassware does matter. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. all right. Well, it, tell us. Yeah, does. yeah. Please tell me. Well, I mean. The shape of the glass, uh, even the type of crystal, it's all about getting air into the wine. 
Hmm. Um, just because you have a 28-ounce uh, Bordeaux glass doesn't mean you fill it to the brim with 28 ounces of Bordeaux or Cabernet or what <laughs> that's, have you. That's right. Although um, I've seen people do that. I have. <laughs> they do, and they and, and a lot of people are like, well, no, you're supposed to just you're supposed to fill it to the mid-level, the widest part of the glass, most surface area, so you allow the wine to breathe. Obviously, you have to do the um, the swirling and and. Uh, well, well, tell us though. That's an actually excellent question. So, why are Bordeaux glasses in that case uh, shaped differently than say Burgundy glasses? Because if I recollect, uh, Burgundy glasses are kind of wide, have these wider rims, and Bordeaux glasses seem to be more narrow. My understanding and what I had been taught with uh, Burgundy glasses being this kind of tulip. Is there's, there's a disconnect in um, Burgundy's uh, Pinot Noirs uh, with your nose. Uh, they can be very funky in, in the smell, mm. um, but that's not what you're going to taste. That's a good point. And so the shape of that glass is designed so that what you do smell is what you're going to taste. That's an excellent point because I've consumed many of uh, many burgundies and they have kind of a barnyardy taste and uh, it's, it's something that you wouldn't think you'd appreciate and that helps it kind of burn off that flavor huh? yes and and it can be off-putting a lot of people don't like that funky barnyardy um, and there's other descriptors that are used out there um, to describe these wines but uh, mark we need to get <clears throat> some appropriate glassware sure in here because I think one time we had um, Dixie cups. Yeah, well, we're, again, on a shoestring here. <laughs> you know, if someone wants to send us glasses, we're here. <laughs> right here. <laughs> so, Alex, what was um, what was the moment, uh, and uh, you've appreciated wine for a long time, but is, was there a moment that you realized that you really wanted to be a wine collector or you knew that this was a passion for you or this is kind of going to change your life? It really started back when I worked for this grocery store in East Lansing, and I uh, was on the side of buying um, the spirits. Mm. And uh, Velta was her name, and she was the wine steward. And she had traveled all over the world and told all these amazing stories about these estates. And she invited me to these private wine tastings just to introduce me, get me involved in, in possibly running that side of the business when she decided to retire. Yes. So... Um, the, going to those events and actually meeting these people and it's I'm a very artistic individual mm-hmm. and I love art and wine is an art that's um, right cool they go hand in hand and so um, because of that I developed this appreciation I am half French I can't speak French but I think it's also in my blood sure for 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 the whole wine thing makes sense um, and so it just kind of developed out of there and uh, blossomed. Um, I didn't even know who the gentleman really was. I was 22, 23 at the time and met Joseph Druin. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> big name in, uh, Burgundy. Absolutely. And, and uh, in, uh, Oregon. And Oregon too. So, yeah. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's great. And I knew, uh, eventually you started working in the wine trade as far as, uh, on the retail side. Correct. Uh, in, uh, North Carolina, that is. Mm-hmm. And, uh. And, you know, when I talked to you when you were working retail, you seemed like you always had a very interesting life. You were traveling a lot and tasting a lot of wines, and uh, there's a lot of perks to the job that seemed really good to me. There are, yes, you do. It's, you know, they say it's a, um, you know, being in the wine business is glamorous. It must be glamorous. Right. Really, 
Mm, no, <laughs> yeah. it really isn't. Um, but what all that hard work is for is to help consumers learn more about wine, get the right pairings. Um, you know, our days would start at five in the morning. Wow. Um, where we'll get a truckload of 1,200 cases of wine. Wow. And you have to un- unload it. It's a very physically demanding job. And I've talked to several master psalms, mm-hmm. and they say the same thing. You know, being a master psalm must be this glorious thing. Is like, no, we're we're lugging cases of wine too. <laughs> so, the behind the scenes, it's it's a very physically demanding job. The what is the f- fun part is selling wine. The, oh yeah, and in connecting and building these relationships. So. When you when Mark has me over and we open a wine and you know it's it's about friendship it's you know it's developing relationships, the wine business is the same way. Now someone looking from the outside in, they're scared. A lot of people are scared to go into a wine store because it's all hoity-toity sure. and the lack of knowledge that they sound like you know an idiot asking these questions. Well, everyone has to start somewhere. Absolutely, yeah, but. Me being an associate to sell wine, that's my job. Right. And I'm there to help you. And it's actually fun to learn about what their needs are. Um, are they having a dinner party? Uh, trying to learn their palate. And it is, it's a, it's a friendship and a relationship. You've oh, this way. sounds fantastic. You, you terrifically encapsulated why I love wine so much and why uh, it's great to work in the wine industry. You are a... Uh, you're correct, uh, and even with my job uh, working at a wine auction house, I am lugging bottles all day, and it's demanding, <laughs> it's heavy work, but it is uh, all worth it because you get to do something you love, you get to connect with people on yeah. wine and uh, explore you know, something they might have not have heard before, and it is just a, a great way to build community, and uh, it's, I wouldn't want to do anything else. Now, now, guys, if I walk, so you're telling me if I, and I've walked into my share of of wine stores, always with Mark here, my good fella Mark, Mm -hmm. that's right, but, you know, hearing you go over this, it just sounds so refreshing that I know I can walk into one of these stores and be greeted with an openness that's, uh, you know, it's not threatening, it's going to be fun to figure out what kind of wines I like. You know, it's it's a lot of people. Um, they you, they come in, um, and they don't de- deviate. Oh, really? No, they they go. They for know this, what they, they like. They know what they like, and they go for it every time. Um, and it cage, and and that's the benefit with a lot of these retail establishments that they have wine tastings. You're right. not obligated to to purchase anything. Sure. Mm-hmm. Just taste it. And, and, and it's interesting because it's the commitment. If they haven't tasted it, and it's the commitment of buying that bottle. Oh, yeah? So if they can taste it before they buy it, hands down. Well, and awesome. I think it's true. And I think you know people are often scared to try new things and don't know what grape is this and what grape is that. And, mm-hmm. and having wine tastings in your uh, business where you can teach people things, it's, it's, uh, and it's a great way to go and a great way to, for customers to explore wine. Now, what wine are you drinking these days? I'm kind of curious. I know, uh, since I've been doing the whole printing thing again. That's right. Um, so I've actually leaned away from Bordeaux, which is my preferred region to drink from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have moved into California. 
Cool. So what uh, – you can name makers. What makers are you drinking now? I'm just curious what uh, – old school Bordeaux or newer – uh, wine type. Um, a lot of Stag's Leap district, so okay. not not any one particular producer in Stag's Leap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess what's interesting about that, so Stag's Leap uh, district or AVA is uh, the equivalent to um, a, a region in Bordeaux. So interesting. M- say right. Margot. So for instance, I like the region of Margot, and I love to drink Margots. If you go to Stag's Leap district, they mm-hmm. have very similar... Um, they're both high quality, um, flavors might be a little different, but they're very elegant wines. Right. So they tend to be a little softer, a little dustier. Um, sure. and so, um, that's where I'm at right now is in Stag's Leap because I love Stag's Leap. And I, I love uh, Rutherford Bench too. That whole area produces great wines. Now, when you're drinking, uh, uh let's say a, a Margot from Bordeaux, or uh, a wine of similar characteristics in California. Uh, is there a way that you can uh, tell them apart, or do you know uh, the certain things that you're looking for? If you if you can, uh, the California style is still a little more fruit forward. Yeah. Than than your old world, um, like Bordeaux wines, um, although that's changing a lot. Really. It is. It is changing a lot. So, you know, it used to be you would buy Bordeaux and you have to cellar it sure. before it's even drinkable. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with uh, consumption going up in the United States now uh, with wine, people want to drink their wine now. They don't want to cellar sure. it. it is an, it's an investment up front, but then it's also an investment that's sitting somewhere. So I've noticed... Uh, in the last years that I was working in the wine business, selling wine, I, when I'm tasting Bordeaux, they are moving more towards a what they quote unquote call a fruit forward style. Right. So it's a, it's a little brighter, um, easier drinking, less tannins. And I know we can go off the deep end talking about <laughs> tannins well, and all of but these it's not, various chemicals. This is not chemicals. without controversy, this, these big changes that are happening in Bordeaux, would, Wait, would you say? What's causing these changes, guys? Well, so uh, tr- uh, what's been causing, I think, uh, maybe you agree, some of these changes in the last uh, 10 years is that there are certain wine reviewers who like certain styles of wine, and a lot of people read uh, these wine reviewers, and they want, uh, and the winemakers want to be scored well by these wine reviewers, so they mm-hmm. make wines that the wine reviewers like. Would you agree to that? Yes, um, which is actually leads me to an interesting caveat to that is – so the big thing with people who come in to buy wine, there are people who look at scores, and they buy wine based off of a score. And the scores, 0 to 100, 100, perfect, That's perfect. Right. That's a perfect wine. It's sure. as good as it's going to get. And they buy – so you have Robert Parker, okay? And I've had customers come in, and I want anything that's 90 and above Robert Parker. Right. Okay, that's great. But I don't think they realize they're buying Robert Parker's palette in the styles of wine he likes and not your style. And so sometimes I I really don't like to look at the point system Mm -hmm. because I think it doesn't allow you to really experience the other wonderful wines out there. There's lots of great wine out there that has never been scored. It will never be rated um, but they're excellent, and they don't cost a lot of money. You're so 
right, Alex. Uh, I think that that is a uh, wonderful point. And uh, you just really brought up some really great wine concepts for the show. And please, will you come on again? Yes, yes. I, I would love, love to come it. back I would on again. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is is that the fun can continue online. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a part of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories, loved, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play, to play That old rusty spaceship wants to sail Into the Milky Way again On a river of red, red wine Run, 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 run Let's have some fun, 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 We'll drink, 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 a toast to the sun, 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 run, 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 run,
Good evening. It is six o'clock up here at WHUPLP Hillsboro. Good evening, everybody. Hope everybody's having a good week. You are listening to the Bomb Squad Sports Show. Been an interesting week. Um, first of all, there is a leak at the bomb shelter, not here at the radio station, but a leak at my personal residence. So I have dealt with mold and